And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And today we continue the series, Your Identity in Christ. And the subtitle for today's program would be, Are You Thinking Straight? Are You Thinking Straight? So today we're going to look at our thoughts and how powerful they are and how important it is to think the way God thinks, to think the way that the Word of God says we are to think and to have the truth be understood by reading the Word of God, which is the truth, getting an understanding of who we are in Christ. Because whatever situation you're faced with today, whether it be a virus, a sickness, disease, poverty, any kind of a problem in your life, relationship issue, we have to know that God is still on the throne. He is the Almighty. He is the maker and creator of heaven and earth and of all creation. But in co-laboring with him, when we understand who we are in Christ, when we think correctly and not according to what we used to think, then and only then will we see a change in our situation and the situation in front of us will change based on what we think, what we believe, and what we say about the situation so that that situation changes to conform to the truth of the Word of God and for the situation not to overpower us. We are supposed to overpower situations through Christ. We are not supposed to allow situations to overpower us with fear and anxiety. So it is not enough to be only a believer of what Christ did for you at the cross with the minimal understanding that it obtained eternal life for you and is going to get you to heaven, that the blood of Jesus is going to get you to heaven. That may well be true if you've given your life to Jesus. If you truly have given your life to Christ, if you confess him as Lord, then it is true that you are born again and that you shall inherit eternal life. And at the moment that you gave your life to Jesus, that is the moment that your eternal life began. You did inherit it already. You don't inherit eternal life in heaven. You you, You reap eternal life as soon as you sow belief in the name of Jesus and confess him as Lord. Believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and follow him. Follow his sayings. Follow his commandments. But what we're saying today is that it's not enough to just believe as much as the big the finished works of God were very significant at the cross this the finished works of Jesus and is not adequate or sufficient to just believe in that and to no longer believe anything else or to not get an understanding of the truth of anything else besides the cross because you can live a life knowing that you will go to heaven because you are believing in the name of Jesus, you're confessing him as Lord, you're loving on other people. But if you never know who you are in Christ, you will live perhaps somewhat of an unfulfilled life, not really fulfilling your destiny that God had for you. God's destiny is not for you is not just that you become redeemed and reconciled back to him. It's that you would walk on this earth being a representation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God wants much more than just you going to heaven and not perishing in hell. So it is not enough today just to believe in the finished works of Christ at the cross, even though that was a huge, significant event in history and our only way to God. 
instead of perishing in hell. It is not enough for you to live a minimalistic life as a Christian, and you will still be subjected to the lies of the devil and living by them, just as you were before you were born again, if, if the cross is the only thing you decide to study and believe in and say that prayer at the altar or wherever you gave your life to Jesus and not continue to study the Word of God and learn about who you are. You are shortchanging yourself. You are deceiving yourself, <clears throat> similar to what James says. You know, we are supposed to be a doer of the Word, not just a hearer deceiving our own selves. So similarly, if you believe in the cross, that is great, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. But if you only believe in the cross, you don't go any further, then you are you could have such a better life on this earth, being a true witness to other people and changing situations to conform to the truth, to bring heaven to earth, to bring God's will from heaven to earth, so it is done on earth, if you would just continue to study the Word, study especially the New Testament and the epistles of Paul to the churches of who you are now in Christ, then to be co-laboring with God. So you must study and live by God's Word, who He says you are, not what the world says about you, but what God says about you, what He says about your provision, the provision that He gives you, the money, the food on the table. Are you still believing that you are in poverty, that God is not giving to you, that you are having to have a hard time making ends meet? If businesses are closed, if you have no money, know that you have a heavenly Father who is putting it on the hearts of others to try to get help to you. He is providing. He will provide. But you have to believe in that truth. In Mark chapter 6, it talks about worrying and anxiety that we shouldn't be involved in and trusting in God for God feeds the birds of the tree the lilies of the field you must read Matthew chapter 6 and read it over and over again to know and trust in the Lord because he loves you and 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 know that he has a plan for you he has plans to prosper you not to harm you, to, but to give you a hope and a future, according to Jeremiah 29. So trust in the Lord and do not trust in what you are hearing on the news. The news may be either fake news or it may be factual news, but neither news, whether it's fake or, or, or factual, it lines up with the truth of the Word of God unless an event in the world happens where the truth of the Lord is being spoken over a situation or event and the news reports on it. That's the only time the news is the complete truth, and I mean the truth that is the Word of God. The truth that would line up with scriptures the Word of God says about a situation. So you must study and live by God's Word, who He says you are, what He says about His provision for you, you must not believe in that you must not believe in your situation as it looks to you your grave situation maybe with lack of something with lack of food do not be in fear god can provide in the midst of lack and god is good at doing that especially when we use faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen 
So when you do not, faith is, is you, cannot, you cannot have faith for something that you can see in front of your eyes. So use your faith towards God, believe that he will provide for you, and do not have fear or anxiety, because fear and anxiety is the opposite of, of faith. Because fear and anxiety is basically saying, God, I don't think you're going to come through for me. So you must trust in the Lord, no matter what the news is saying, no matter what your neighbor's saying, no matter what your family member is saying. If there's somebody is telling you doom and gloom things, say no, but God. No, but God. God is my provider. He is my Jehovah Jireh, and it is in him who I trust for all my provision. He has He has provided for me so far. I'm still breathing to this day. I've had a tough life. I had a good life, whatever it is, but every day God has provided for me and my family, and he will continue to do it because he brings us our daily manna. He will get find a way to bring us our daily manna. Trust in him. Do not believe in poverty. What you believe in, you will have. Do not believe in poverty. Tell poverty to get off of your front doorstep. Tell poverty, tell the spirit of poverty, you will not dwell in my house in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Poverty, get out of my house. You will not dwell here in Jesus' name. You will not affect my family. You will not affect my neighbors in Jesus' name. You will not affect this slum in Makuru in Jesus' name. Poverty, we are driving you out right now by the name of Jesus and faith in that name. Whoever said that the only thing Jesus did was to heal? He also cursed the fig tree. He cast out demons. He did everything that he could to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven upon this earth and to put right on the earth what was not right. He, he converted the unrighteous things in front of him into righteous things. He removed demons from people because demons are unrighteous. And he delivered people from their ailments, their sicknesses, their diseases, their every form of lack. Because, you know, sickness is a lack of life. Sickness is a lack of life. So Jesus is, the, is, the, is life, and he came to give it more abundantly, according to John 10, verse 10. Understand what the Word of God says about provision, healing, deliverance, all these things. If we do not know God's love for us, if we do not know our new identity in Christ, we are still sitting ducks for the devil to continue to take advantage. We are still acting as sitting ducks with no defense, no shield of faith, because if you do not know the truth, you cannot believe in something that you do not have an understanding of. You cannot trust in something that you do not understand. You cannot trust in the Lord if you do not know his nature and his character. What are you trusting in him? You believe that he is fickle, that he changes from one day to the next. Until you read the word of God and you understand his nature. You understand in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 that Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of the Father. So now you understand if you believe the Bible is true, you believe that the word of God is forever settled in heaven, that that then Jesus is the exact representation representation of the Father, and therefore God is not fickle. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not change. It's forever settled in heaven. Psalm 119, verse 89. 
So you can trust in the Lord that Matthew 6 talks about the provision of the Lord and do not worry or be anxious for anything in the face of whatever you see. You know that that people of the Old Testament and the New Testament, they went through extreme trials. People in, in the middle of a fire and they were not burned up. They were not even singed, but Jesus was there with them. There are so many other situations where God is with us and he is with you today. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not worry about your situation, but you must you must not worry because when you worry, when you're ang- anxiety, you are believing in the, the, the things of the devil. And I will get and I will show you scripture for that. Have you ever said something and realized that what you said was wrong? You say, I'm not thinking straight. I don't know why I said that. I'm just not thinking straight today. So in this case, it's it's not bad. It's actually good that you realize that you were not thinking straight. You realize that you were thinking wrong and that you corrected what you were saying because you knew you shouldn't have said it or you shouldn't have thought it. But what's worse, though, is saying something that you believe in your heart is true, but actually it's not truth at all. It doesn't line up with Scripture, but you wouldn't know that until you know Scripture. You wouldn't know that until you know the truth about who you are in Christ, and you wouldn't know that until you know about how God is faithful and his nature and his character. So you are unfo- unintentionally you are unintentionally living a life by leaning on your own understanding and God and not God's understanding. John chapter eight verse thirty two. It says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's Jesus speaking. He says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is the truth? The truth is the word of God. Nothing but the word of God and what the word of God says about a situation. Situations need to line up with the truth. So if you go to a doctor and they take you an x-ray of your brain and they find a tumor, that x-ray may be a fact. It's not a lie that the x-ray is showing a tumor. But the truth is, the truth of the word of God is that by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. By his scourging, you are healed, according to Isaiah 53, verse 5. So that means that when you speak, my brain was healed. Brain, be healed in Jesus' name. The next time you go back to the doctor, expect, if you were believing and you had faith, expect that tumor to be shrinking on the next x-ray or the scan. That's how this happens. Situations are supposed to change to conform to the truth of the Word of God, but it's not automatic. It takes a believer, an instrument of the Lord, and a willing vessel of the Lord to speak the truth of the Word of God over a situation, which is just as Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, 25, right in there, where he says, "You can, if you speak to this mountain, and you and you command it to cast into the sea, and you do not doubt, and you then it will be cast into the sea. You have you cannot doubt when you speak God's word over something. You must believe that whatever you say will come to pass. Believe that whatever you've spoken, you've already received, and it shall be given to you. So, and when Jesus says, "And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free," we know from this verse that if you do not know the truth, you are not free. If you are not free. You are held captive. Did you even know you were captive in this prison of deception? Lies and misunderstandings. You're in this jail, this prison, and you didn't even know you were inside a prison cell. You just didn't feel very good at all. 
you're living this life based on an understanding. Uh, maybe you were raised by your parents, and they had a misunderstanding, and they and you thought that they knew everything because as children we believe our parents know all the truth, but they don't always know the truth. It depends if they have been understanding the Word of God. It depends if they've been born again, reading the truth of the Word of God out of Scripture, and then teaching you the Scriptures. But you need to you need to study the Word of God for yourself because it's your own mind that needs to be renewed. Chapter twelve, verse two of Romans. We you need to no longer be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's up to you. It it is up to you to to do that. Because it's you that's in the jail cell, the prison cell. You Jesus has set the captives free, but you're only set free when you know that you are. You don't automatically get let out of prison in your mind. Your mind has to be renewed so that you no longer think that you're in the jail cell. Jesus has opened the door of your jail cell. He's opened the door of your prison cell. He has set you free, but you have to walk out of the cell. The way you walk out of that cell of misunderstanding, deception and lies and torture and captivity is to read the word of God, believe it's true, act who you are in Christ, and know that you are set free by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You are set free by the truth. John 8, verse 32. So who or what is holding you captive? If you're not free, if you're not yet understanding the truth or believing that the truth for yourself is the truth, we see in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. And these verses today, they are all from the classic edition of the Amplified Version, Amplified Classic. And so chapter 8 of Romans, verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and of death. So while you're in the jail cell, you're not born again. You're not born again. You're in your jail cell of misunderstanding, deception, lies, and worldly corruption, and you're walking in sin and all these things. You're inside the jail, and the jail door is shut. But when you give your life to Christ, he blasts that door open. He blasts the walls down around you in the jail cell. He flattens the entire jail prison building and complex he flattens that entire area, and you are free to leave. But you, unless you know that you're free, you are still captive. So who is the author of sin and death? In John chapter 8, we see that Jesus is having a conversation with the scribes and the Pharisees. But they did not want to listen or believe in the truth that he spoke to them. But instead, they sought to disrespect and to kill him. So he said to them in John chapter 8, verse 44, John chapter 8, verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies, and of all that is false. So, before you were born again, whether you like to hear this truth or not, you were a child of the devil. Now, when I believe, when I heard that for the first time, I was astonished, because I remember I never used to practice Satanism. I never used to worship, like, do things with black cats and all these things that we hear about as growing up as kids with witches and things like that. But I was into New Age. I was into astrology. I was into the occult. 
but I never really associated it as me being a child of the devil. I never knew that the devil was my father. And is it not surprising that the devil tries to keep that from that truth from you for the longest time possible so that you never find out that you're his child? God, on the other hand, wants you to be reconciled and believe in his son Jesus so that you're restored and reconciled and redeemed from under the powers of darkness so that God can publicly publicize that you are his son or daughter. The devil wants to conceal the fact that he's your father, but God wants to publicize and for you to publicize that he's your father, that God's your father now that you're born again. So when we are children of the devil, when we are not born again, according to John 8, 44, it is our will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristics of our father. He was a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said, and he does not stand in the truth. So it is natural for us. This is why it's so natural for us to lie, cheat, steal, kill, have lusts of the heart and all these things, especially when we are not born again. And when we are not born again, before we come to Christ, we are not reading the word. We're not reading scripture. We're not renewing our mind. And we're totally conformed to the world, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 14 Verse 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but at the end of it is the way of death. So you see, if you if you lean on your own understanding, that gets you into trouble, unless that understanding is the word of God and God's understanding about whatever you're facing right now. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15, and this relates to Matthew chapter 6, where we talk about the anxiety and the worry that Jesus said we should be anxious for nothing. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15 says, All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. So if there's one verse that you have to remember from today's program, you need to research the classic amplified version of Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15, because it is very important because it ties into how you think and what you think and what you decide to to summarize and conclude about a situation. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. So if you have anxious thoughts and forebodings, all your days, those days that you spend in anxiety, they are going to be made evil. Because according to this verse, it is made evil, the day is made evil by your anxious thoughts and forebodings. Isn't that amazing? So you might blame the devil for being for you being anxious, but the devil cannot make you anxious unless he gives you a thought that is an anxious related thought like, I'm not sure I'm going to survive. We're running out of food. I'm, I'm, I'm in lack. And basically, you're believing in the devil. You're not believing in God. But now you are believing what the devil has told you. And therefore, you now have an anxious thought that, that has gotten into your heart that you believe. And according to Proverbs 15, verse 15, that is what just made your day evil. So do not be anxious for anything. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says. All the days of this desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and foreboding. So don't have anxious thoughts. If you hear a thought in your head 
that says, "I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to have enough money to pay the rent. I don't think I'm going to have enough food." Do say no, no, that is not me, devil. Get away from me. I resist. I take that thought captive in in the in the obedience of Christ, and I now say in Jesus' name, God is my provider. I He is my Jehovah Jireh. I will not lack. Psalm twenty three. I will not lack. I want. I do not want. I I do not need because I already have. Believe that God is your provider, no matter what it looks like, smells like, feels like, tastes like. Hears like, sounds like. Do not believe your senses. Believe by faith in what you cannot see, and it will come to pass that God will God's provision for you will materialize because you placed your faith in Him, and God can move on faith. He cannot move on doubt. The devil moves on doubt. God moves on faith. I'll say it again. The devil moves on doubt in your life. He moves. It encourages evil. It encourages lack when you worry and and be anxious. Proverbs 15 verse 15 says it. All the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. So do not have anxious thoughts and forebodings. Have good thoughts. Think on these things. Think on the things above and not upon the earth, the Bible says. Think on your heavenly father as a believer. Your father would, the father is the best parent that ever existed and ever will exist. And if the best parent will never, ever let their kids suffer or be without, he will always provide. So believe in your father here in heaven today. Believe Jesus in Matthew chapter six, where he says, be anxious for nothing. Do not waver off of the truth of the word of God. Do not allow anxiety to grip your heart today. So in the name of Jesus, I speak peace over the community of the Mukuru slum. I speak everybody listening and their neighbors and their families to trust in the Lord with all their heart, to lean not to their own understanding, but in all their ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct their paths. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. Do not trust in the devil. Do not trust in what you see with your eyes, but trust in what you don't see. Trust by faith and what you don't see, that provision that you don't yet see, it's there. But believe in it, and it will manifest, and then you will see it. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not let a slice of your heart be in doubt. Just trust in the Lord. He has never let you down, and he's not about to. In Jesus' name, I speak healing and wholeness to your bodies today from head to toe. I command life in your bodies. Right now, I speak healing to your bones, tendons, ligaments, joints, and muscles. I speak all cancer, be gone from your bodies, all tumors shrink into nothing. I thank you, Lord, diabetes, be gone. I speak life to your blood flow, your bloodstream, your blood sugar levels. I command your cholesterol to be normal. I thank you, Lord, your stomachs are healed. They're made whole. Your bowels are clean. Your kidneys are clean. Your liver is working perfectly. Every organ in your body is healed right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we want to hear from you. Send us your prayer requests. There's two ways. You can call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. That's country code 1-407-705-3151. Or you can email us at this email address for prayer, touchofgodradio at gmail.com. That's touchofgodradio at gmail.com. And until next week, 
Have a blessed week and be anxious for nothing. Amen.